welcome to the program, The Spirituality of the Catholic Church, as Father Paul Keenan teaches on God and man in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And now, Father Paul Keenan. Hello, I'm Father Paul Keenan. I'm Assistant Director of the Office of Communications for the Archdiocese of New York. And it's a great pleasure to be back with you again to talk about the spirituality of the Catholic Church as we find it particularly in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And we have been talking uh, the last uh, several weeks now about the sacraments of the Catholic Church, those outward signs which Christ instituted to give us grace. And we've been saying that the uh, relationship between the way in which we worship and our ordinary lives is really found in the sacraments, that the sacraments in one particular way can be thought of as a way of mapping our ordinary lives. And we have looked at the sacraments of baptism and communion and confirmation as the parallel to the times in which we make beginnings in our lives, in which we start our lives or start new phases of our lives, And these we have called the sacraments of initiation because they get us going, get us up and running, so to speak, in terms of our uh, faith and in terms of uh, our new life in Christ. Baptism is a kind of like an actual birth. It is a birth into Christ. And confirmation is a deepening of our commitment to Christ, a deepening of our sense of our giftedness. We don't really feel that we're very gifted when we're just born and newborn babies. People tend to make a lot of fuss over us, but we ourselves don't have much awareness of our giftedness. And one of the great things about a baby's growing up is that he or she begins to learn what they can do. They begin to explore the universe and to see their abilities. And by the time they get a little older, they begin, hopefully, to have a sense of what they can do. And confirmation continues that process of seeing what we can do in the Christian community, in the church, to make ourselves disciples of Christ, make ourselves ambassadors of Christ as well. We begin to get a sense of our gifts, which are given to us by the Holy Spirit. They're not uh, gifts that we generate ourselves, and primarily, at least, primarily they're not gifts that we give to others, but they are gifts primarily that we are given by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of Jesus himself. And uh, we talked, too, about anointing. Anointing comes up in a number of the sacraments. And we mentioned that anointing, if we want to use a, a very powerful synonym for anointing, a synonym that we could use would be love, because that's what the Holy Spirit is. And uh, the Catechism tells us that the Holy Spirit is the anointing of Jesus. So that means Jesus' anointing is love, what he's giving is love, and, and the Holy Spirit is our anointing too, the sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, and uh, as disciples and, and ambassadors of Christ. So uh, the anointing that we receive at baptism and at confirmation could be described from one point of view as Love, our anointing in love, just love pouring over us so that we can give it to other people. 
And we talked to you about the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, the third of our sacraments of initiation, where we are built up into the body of Christ by receiving the body and the blood of Christ. Just as a child grows up and begins to appreciate good food and develop the ability to take good food and then to understand good food, so spiritually we are fed with the bread of angels. We are fed with the body of Christ, and through that, we begin to grow into Christ's body. We begin to grow into what we are really, really meant to be. Because we remember once again that the two most important truths of this catechism that just seem to be repeated over and over and over again are, number one, we are made in the image and likeness of God, and number two, that this God in whose image and likeness we are made is a trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, being, word, and love. And uh, so we look within ourselves when we're trying to figure out who we are or who we're meant to be. We look within ourselves and, and try to see the trinity, try to see how our being, how our understanding, and how our hearts are loving are touched and blessed and brought out more and more to grow. That's what these three sacraments do, baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist, in a, in a beginning way, and in a way that, uh, especially through the Eucharist, can carry us through the, the rest of our lives. And then we mentioned that there are sacraments which help us when we need healing, and we have the sacrament of uh, penance and reconciliation for our sinfulness, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick for those times when we need to uh, to be healed because we're ill. And again, God's anointing, God's pouring out all over us the power of his love. Now we're going to look at two other sacraments which also describe the the timeline of our life, I think. They are the sacraments of uh, holy orders and the sacrament of matrimony. They are called, in the Catechism, sacraments at the service of community. And, you know, there comes a point in our lives where we really begin to experience, uh, hopefully, if we're fully mature human beings, we really begin to experience the desire and the need and the wish to give ourselves away, to give ourselves to other people. That's really what life is all about. We Often, if you notice, those times in our lives when we begin to, um, to question whether we have a purpose in life are also times when we can very easily find ourselves getting enclosed in upon ourselves, when we find ourselves um, just getting a little too much within ourselves, a little too isolated. And uh, often in those times, uh, we can begin to wonder, do I have any purpose in the world? Is there any reason why I'm here? Do I have anything to give? And that's why this sacramental dimension is so important for the sacraments at the service of community, sacrament of holy orders and the sacrament of matrimony, because they remind us that uh, we need this community. We live in such an age of, of isolation and individualism 
that uh, we really do need that sense of community, that sense that we are here to belong to each other, to care for each other. And uh, the more we come to see and to know that, the the happier we are and the more fulfilled we are. Because we really need, all of us, you and I, we really need to give ourselves away. See, that's the, the thing. We talk about being made in the image and likeness of God, and uh, that's what God is. God is that trinity of persons who is always giving himself away. Always giving himself away. The Father gives himself to the Son, the Son gives himself to the Father, and the Spirit helps them to do that. It's always, always giving themselves away. And then they give themselves away to us. Remember we were saying way back in that first part of the Catechism, we were talking about the Creed, and we were saying that uh, God does not just reveal to me the plan for my life, but he gives me everything, gives me the whole plan that he has for creation and has always had and shows it to me and tells it to me through revelation, through the tradition, the apostolic tradition of the church, and through the magisterium, the teaching authority of the church, God is always revealing to me the plan that he has for salvation. So, when we come to this part of the sacramental celebration of the church, we are reminded that we are here to give ourselves away. We're here to dedicate ourselves to the service of others. And when we fail to do that, that's when we get mighty unhappy. That's uh, when we really, really get to be unhappy. When we're all locked up within ourselves and when we don't stop to think about other people and about what we can do to help them and about what they really need. Um you know, that's another dimension of the thing, too. Really, I, I, I talked earlier when we were talking about prayer, and I'll say it again later on when we get to the fourth part of the catechism. One of the things we need to do is to learn to listen to God, to find out what God is really saying. One of the things we need to do in our service is to learn to listen to other people. We've all had those people in our lives, I think, who really want to help us. They really sincerely do. They want to be friends. They want to give us their help. But when it comes right down to it, they don't listen to what we need. And uh, so they try to be helpful and try to be helpful, and they try and do this and that and the other thing, and they're not hitting our needs. So we don't like that. We get annoyed with them. We start feeling they're a bother in our lives, and and often enough this sets up resistance and uh, and animosity because... They're trying to help us, and then they don't feel appreciated, and we don't appreciate the way they're trying to help us because they're not listening. They're not listening to our needs. And so when we are thinking about giving ourselves away to people, we need to listen to them and to really to determine and to discern what it is that people really need and are looking for in their lives. Otherwise, our giving can simply be resented our giving can simply be ineffective. And both in holy orders and in matrimony, that kind of understanding, that kind of understanding of what people really need is so critical, so critical to the effectiveness of those two sacraments. We'll talk very much about it when we go over to marriage in a second, but it's really true of the sacrament of holy orders as well. 
One of the things about the Sacrament of Holy Orders that is so very special is the heart of the priest. And uh, the priest is someone who really needs to understand the needs of his church, the needs of his people, the needs of his community. He needs to have an understanding heart, just as the Good Shepherd did, just as Jesus did. And uh, the priest takes as his model Christ the priest, Christ who so profoundly understood the needs of his people. One of the things uh, I'm always touched by when I read the stories of the life of Jesus are those passages where Jesus is looking at his people and is saying, you know, they are like sheep without a shepherd. They're like sheep without a shepherd. So he steps in. He steps in to try to provide them the shepherd that they need. And when he says in the Gospel of John, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd knows his sheep and lays down his life for his sheep, and the hireling does not care about his sheep, doesn't know them, doesn't care about them, simply does it as a job and 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 would even do away with his sheep if it would benefit him to do that. The good shepherd is the one who listens and who cares, and I think as a priest... One of the most important things that I can learn to do is to try to listen to what the needs of the people really, really are. It's one of the gifts, the graces that a priest, I think, has to to pray for, to really be able to listen and to discern what it is that people really need, need in this day and age, need in the particular communities that, that I serve. We pray, I think, as priests, to develop that understanding heart that Christ had, that uh, deeply understanding heart of Jesus. The sacrament of holy orders is uh, is a sacrament at the service of the community. We know that there are three degrees to the sacrament of holy orders. The, the bishop receives the fullness of the sacrament, the presbyter, or the, what we ordinarily refer to as the priest, is a, another degree of the sacrament, and the initial degree of the sacrament of the um, of holy orders is the deacon. The deacon receives the first degree of the sacrament, whether he is a permanent deacon uh, or whether he is a deacon who is going on to become a priest. Uh, he receives the first uh, share of that sacrament of holy orders. All three of them are degrees and deepenings of the sacrament of holy orders, of the sacrament of service, service to the community that holy orders represents. Holy orders is really, the catechism tells us, an ordinatio in the fullest sense of the word. It is a an entry into a new order of uh, life within the church. And one of the things that uh, really distinguishes in many ways the Catholic sense of uh, this ordinatio is that um, it does not come primarily from the community. You know, in a lot of Christian communities, uh, they will speak of the raising up of ministers or, or even of priests as a call that one receives from the community. And the community will call someone to the service of ministry and to the service of leadership 
and uh, they will come to serve the community because they are called by the community to do that. And uh, that's not exactly what the Sacrament of Orders is for us as Catholics. It it certainly involves, in a way, a, a, an evocation of the community. We come to serve the community, and we're called, I think, very much because of the prayers the community has said for us, because of the encouragement that members of the community have given us to pursue this vocation. Uh, a priest can, can hardly survive, I think, without uh, knowing that uh, the faith community loves him and cares for him very much. But in the primary sense, my call as a priest does not come from the church or the faith community. It comes primarily from God. It's a call from God. It's an ordinatio. And it's not uh, as the sort of call that I receive because I'm elected or appointed by the community. No, the call to orders, the call to the sacrament of holy orders comes from God. And the ordination is from God. It certainly is ratified and, and it, it certainly, the sacrament is certainly celebrated by the bishop as the representative of the community. But the Catechism makes clear that the primary call, the primary call to this sacrament comes from God himself. And uh, that is a very, very awesome thing to think about, that God himself calls me to something so noble and so wonderful. And uh, the tremendous responsibility that it gives to me and to all priests to really open our hearts and to continually be of service to the community that Jesus is building up into the body of Christ. I mean, that's why we're here. What we do, for example, when we celebrate the Eucharist and when we transform the bread, the host, into the sacred body of Christ and the wine into the precious blood of Christ, it's a symbol of what we're here to do, to establish the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ, they use the word often to edify. Of course, edification means to set a good example, but the primarily me primary meaning of that is the word edifice. The word building comes from the Latin word edificium, which means to build up, to build up a building. And that's what we are doing. We are building up the body of Christ. That's our job, to build the body of Christ. And our call to do that comes primarily from Christ. The Catechism reminds us of something else, too, about our priests, that this priesthood of ours is a, a sacred power, a potestas, not a power that enables us to lord it over people, to lord it over other people, but the kind of power that Christ had, the power that comes from within when Jesus says to uh, the disciples, the kingdom of God is within you. The sacraments, and, and particularly this sacrament of holy orders that we're discussing right now, give to the person who receives them a sense of power, which means a sense of ability, an ability to do something, an ability to help in some way, a new power, a new ability, a new energy, a new opportunity. And this is certainly that for the priest, because 
the day you become a priest, the day you were ordained to the priesthood, there are things you could do that you could simply never do before. The day before I became a priest, I could not say Mass. I could not hear confessions. And uh, the day I became a priest, I was able to do those things. And I began to realize, I think, what a special privilege that was to have the kind of power that would enable me to be an instrument of Christ, a mediator for Christ, in such a way to really touch souls, to touch lives, and at the same time to have my own soul touched so very much, so very powerfully, by the example and by the presence of Christ. So it's a wonderful thing, this priesthood, which is at the service of community. It, uh, again, again, this will be no surprise to you by now, it's something that was prepared for, Back in the Old Testament times, there was a priesthood of the Old Covenant. The twelve tribes had priests who led their liturgical services. But the priesthood of Christ is the central thing about the priesthood today. As the letter to the Hebrews says so eloquently, we have a high priest whose sacrifice was offered once and for all, who really was the sacrifice. Christ was the priest and the altar and the immolation at the same time. And he's the one whose sacrifice makes it possible for us to do what we do as priests today. That his offering, his prayers, his cries, his tears, his suffering on the cross, his preaching, every part of his life, every part of his sharing in our life, and every part of his divine life was offered, was offered in an unrepeatable way, in an unrepeatable way. You see, in the Old um, Testament, the, the, the sacrifices had to be repeated all the time. Uh, the liturgical services, I mean, had to be repeated all the time because uh, they, you need it every day to renew them. But with ours now, it's not a question of having to do that. We are continuing the sacrifice of Christ. We are uh, sharing the sacrifice of Christ, which has already taken away the sins of the world. And we are extending the sacrifice of Christ into our own time. Now, the priesthood of Christ is something that is participated in by, by us in two ways. One is the whole community. The whole community participates in the priesthood of Christ. We do that by our baptism. Remember I said when we talked about baptism that we are priests. We're priests. We're um, sharing in the priesthood of Christ. We're bringing that into our world. Our job is now to transform the world, to make it more and more into the body of Christ, to bring Christ into the lives of people. Well, that's priestly, and we all share in that role of helping people to pray, helping people to find Christ in their daily life. We all share that. But then there is this other sharing, the sharing of the sacrament of holy orders, the ministerial sharing, the ministerial priesthood at the service of the entire community, where the priest becomes a living image of the God of faith. He becomes a living image of the service of God to us, of the sacred power of Christ to us. And as a priest, 
I and, and all priests have the privilege of acting in the name of the whole church when I celebrate a sacrament, when I celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation, when I celebrate the sacrament of the Eucharist or any of the other sacraments, I'm acting in the name of the entire church, the entire people of God all over the world. It's a constant reminder that we are not alone. And uh, this is an indelible character that I have now in my soul, this ability to follow in the footsteps of Christ in such an intimate and remarkable way. I become, I became, when I, I was ordained a priest, uh, a, a kind of special image of Christ, as all priests do. And I say that not because I'm any better than anybody else, but because Christ has given this to me, the grace that he has given to me and to all priests to be configured to Christ in a very special way as the priest. And the deacon, the deacon who is not specifically a priest, a presbyter, or a bishop, is called to be configured to Christ as a servant. The word diakonia means service, and he's called to service in the service of Christ. And so this sacrament of orders is a very, very special one, as is the sacrament of matrimony in which husband and wife give to each other the permanent love of God, an image that we've had since that first miracle of the wedding feast of Cana, God uh, marrying himself to his people as a bride to her husband, as we see in the, in the uh, Old Testament. And marriage, like the priesthood, is there at the service of community. The home is a church in miniature. The Catechism speaks of the domestic church, a church uh, which, as we've been saying, teaches the foreign language of faith. That if children are going to learn how to pray and how to speak the language of faith, then that has to be nurtured in the home. They have to see their parents praying. They have to pray with their parents in definite times and definite ways. And they have to hear the language of faith and see the pictures and the objects of faith brought there in the home. I know that's how I grew up as a Catholic, and I think it's so important that our Catholic children have that opportunity today. Marriage is indissoluble. It's uh, it's not something that we can just throw away any more than we can throw away the covenant of God. It's here forever, and it's a sign of God's fidelity. The faithfulness of husband and wife to one another, even in the tough times, is a sign of God's fidelity to us. And so we have here the sacraments at the service of the church. We, the community, are enriched by them. They bless us always and remind us that we are not here for ourselves alone. Thank you for joining us today for the Spirituality of the Catholic Church with Father Paul Keenan. You may write to Father Keenan in care of the Office of Communications, Diocese of New York, 1011 First Avenue, New York, New York, 10022. 